Thanks to Slack for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Slack is a messaging app that brings together all your team's communications in one place, making work simpler and more productive. Go to slack.com to learn more. It's Friday, January 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hell. Joining me in studio today, the director of small cap strategy here at the Motley Fool, Bill Mann. Thanks for being here. Hey, Chris, I'm glad to be here. So, uh, longtime listeners may be thinking, hey, uh, it's Friday. Why is there an episode of Market Foolery? We thought we were done with you until Monday. And uh, long story short, uh, you got a little bonus this week just because uh, <laughs> I meant to tape one for last Monday for the holiday. I didn't get to that. And in my head, I was like, we're, we're still going to do four episodes. So, anyway, we're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to talk stock valuations, Bitcoin. But first, this was touched on in yesterday's episode of Market Foolery. Amazon narrowing down its list. Uh, now it's short list. Although, that's not that short. 20, 20 cities yeah. slash regions, that's not a particularly short list. I get they, they were starting with hundreds. But anyway, I wanted you to weigh in on this because uh, a couple of weeks ago, you and I were in the studio taping something else, and this topic came up. and. In my memory of of your response was you were all about Atlanta. You were all about Atlanta. You yeah. were very, and you were. It wasn't just that you were all about Atlanta. You, you seemed like you had specific reasons why you think Amazon's going to pick Atlanta. They've gone through the list of things that things that they want, and Atlanta happens to be the metropolitan area that's big enough that has land that is cheap enough that they're going to be able to do whatever they want. Oh, and by the way, they have a pretty big airport there. So, from a transportation perspective, I, I really I kind of don't want it to be Atlanta. I don't want it. I don't want to be right about that, but I think it is going to be. Why because you're a shareholder? No. Oh, you're not a shareholder. Of Atlanta? No. <laughs> Are you no, are, you're an Amazon shareholder, are you? Or are you indirectly, not? yeah. Indirectly, okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I sort of look at this, and, and as an Amazon shareholder, I think, well, I want them, uh, I want them to make the right choice. I want them to, to, yeah. if at all possible, get a deal. As a resident of the Commonwealth of Virginia, I'm hoping that my state doesn't back up a Brinks truck I of money and says, "Oh, we'll do anything to get you here." I agree. Yeah, I. I the the packages that are being put out by you know are being offered that you know and some of which are just rumored it's literally just beggar thy neighbor the amount of money that that is being handed to amazon and it you know of course it benefits amazon but it it it, it literally is just pitting one municipality up against another and interestingly enough in this area i believe i've got this right but washington dc was on the list but also northern virginia as a separate entity was on the list and montgomery county maryland and montgomery county yeah so we've got like a 3 in 20 chance what's that 15% thank you 15% i think that's right yeah yeah yeah, we're good at math here on this show. <laughs> good thing we don't need math in our normal jobs, right? <laughs> exactly. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com from Fred Kobel in Normal, Illinois. Fred writes, I see great companies that I'm interested in investing in, and some of these great companies' stocks are hitting all time highs. I'm more of a value investor, and I struggle buying a stock at its high. Can you ask the brain trust in the studio when does it make sense? To buy a stock at its all-time high. Hey, uh, so uh, when does the the brain trust arrive? We couldn't get the. We brain couldn't trusts, get, but we got me. But we got you. Well, and and I I think this is appropriate for you because yeah, you're is, you're, yeah. a, you're a value investor among other things, and this is I, 
Haven't we all been in this business? I, if you've I, been investing for any amount of time, if you've been investing in stocks for any amount of time, haven't we all been in this exact position that Fred's in, where it's like, oh, yeah. boy, I like that company. Oh, it's, it's a tough emotional barrier to get through. Yeah, I, so yes, I, I, I feel this question on a molecular level because it is really easy to look. I mean, to, to look back and say, gosh, six months ago I could have bought this company at you know two thirds the price, and is it going to go back? Um, and and the answer is actually most likely most stocks do fluctuate. Amazon, which we just talked about, has spent ninety six percent of its time below its all time high, and yet that stock is up what a hundredfold in you know in the past fifteen years. So. Ultimately, the company that you pick, if you are a long-term investor, is much more important than the price that you buy it at. So, if you're really, really psychologically opposed, don't buy it all at once, right? You know, if you want to, you know, this isn't the last time you're ever going to be investing. So, don't don't put it all in at once, and you'll feel better about it if you've gotten the company right. Most likely, that'll still be a slightly expensive decision for you. Uh, before we dip back into the full mailbag, I want to say thanks again to Slack for supporting today's episode of Market Foolery. Slack is a messaging app that brings all your team's communications together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. We use Slack to. We're slacking right now. We use Slack to plan uh, the show. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the final story that we're going to touch on today is, is really what kicked it all off. <laughs> um, We've been using Slack at The Motley Fool for years. It really does cut down on the internal email. Um, it saves time. It makes you more productive. And you can drag and drop file sharing that works with all the apps that you already use, like Zendesk, Google Drive, Salesforce, and more. Plus, it archives all of your past conversations, so you can go back. You and I knew we were talking about something, so I just go back and look in Slack, and it's there. Right. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, yes, as opposed to, wait, which email folder did that go in? Right. Oh. With mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, you can always pick up where you left off, no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Find out why at slack.com. From Stephen McRae, longtime listener Stephen McRae, given the recent frenzy around blockchain and Bitcoin, where stock values shoot through the roof at the mere mention of blockchain, what do you think would happen to their stock if Amazon announced that they are getting into blockchain? Wild, in-depth speculation is encouraged. I have a long run coming up, and this will <laughs> this will help pass the miles. I love I it. I don't know how many miles we're going to quite get into this particular conversation, but in the recent drop of the crypto cryptocurrencies, it evaporated $400 billion in notional market value. Amazon, by itself, is valued at six hundred and Thirty-five billion dollars, give or take. I mean, you know, it could move a percent, and that's six billion dollars. So, you know, if you check and I'm wrong, then maybe in between time they've said something about blockchain. I don't think it would actually do that much. I actually have two things. One, I guarantee you that Amazon is very interested in blockchain as some sort of way of furthering other parts of their business. So at some point they may come come out and announce it. I don't think it's going to be a big splashy thing. So I don't really think that it's going to be that impactful for Amazon. The things that it has been impactful for are things that where not much was going on. There's not that much float, and suddenly they say, "Hey, we're a blockchain. We're no longer a naughty iced tea company. We're a blockchain right. company, right? Yeah." So 
Amazon isn't a naughty iced tea company to start with, so it really is not going to be as big of a of, of a reaction. It can't be. I, there are a couple of things I like about this question. One is it gets to something that I don't think has really been talked about all that much, which is we have heard a lot from prominent companies and prominent CEOs, and Jamie Dimon at J.P. Morgan leaps mm-hmm. to mind, who are on the bear side of Bitcoin and just yeah. talking it down. So I like Stephen's thinking in this: is well, hey, what if an innovative, highly successful, one of the biggest market cap <laughs> companies out there? Uh, then what happens uh, along those same lines? I think what uh, I agree with you that. This wouldn't have any meaningful effect necessarily on Amazon stocks. It could, however, if something like this happens, it could provide a halo effect for these other companies, which, in my mind, makes it all the more important that investors really understand the business that they're investing oh, in. Yeah. Because I think it. Don't you think that if if Bezos came or not, he he wouldn't come out himself. He'd have a guy. He'd have, yeah. he'd have a guy or a gal <laughs> come out and say, "Yeah, we're looking at this." And wouldn't that I, provide a boost? Yeah, I mean, I guarantee they are. I, or Microsoft, or Alphabet, or you know. Whoever. Well, here's the thing. I think that even if you look at the 1,112 cryptocurrencies that exist at this point, and say a lot of that is goofy, and I completely agree. Blockchain itself is credible. And I don't, I don't know that there are many people out there, even people who are saying the cryptocurrencies are berserk, are questioning the power of blockchaining. So, yeah. So, Jamie Dimon came out last week, or no, excuse me, not last week, a couple, you know, like last month maybe, and said that yeah. this was all a giant fad. Let's be honest, will. it was a couple of times in 2017. That That's Jay- true. That exactly. Jamie Dimon exactly. was very clear. What his opinions on this is? Yeah, but he wasn't really talking about blockchaining, and I think it's actually really interesting the fact that you know they that uh, they launched futures on Bitcoin, and almost immediately we had this massive drop. And so, if you you want to you know make a conspiracy around that, you know the Wall Street elf on a shelf got uh, got busy. <laughs> uh, speaking of Bitcoin. You uh, posted something on Twitter. You you had sent this to me on Slack, uh, and our friend Bill Barker, and uh, and at least one listener picked up on this. That uh, I, I think, I think as you said, I think we found our Bitcoin. We have. Would we you have. Li- would you like to share it with the audience? It's called Coffee Coin. Coffee Coin. Sure. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to invest and be a part owner of this particular? So it's a token that is to be used specifically in the specialty coffee industry, so that you can track, you can track lots, you can track different, uh, you know, different uh, seeds for uh, for coffee plants. It's actually, I mean, it's a really good idea, except for the fact that it's almost, you know, almost one hundred percent doomed to failure, Um, (laughs) because because it's too specific, right? We saw this with the dot coms back in the day. There was, you know, there was. Buyingchemicalcompounds.com and goats.com. This is the goats.com of the of the uh, cryptocurrency world. But the flip side is that the entire market cap of its float is a little over four thousand dollars. So it doesn't take much for us to absolutely corner the coffee coin market. I'm in. I, I would I, feel better about this if I felt like I could take my coffee coin and go to Dunkin' Donuts and use it. That's, that's but they're the not. Thing. I'm pretty sure they're not accepting it. They may not know how to give change. 
for coffee coin. Another thing you sent to me on Slack, and really, this is uh, this is as good a way as any to wrap up the week. This is what you really wanted to talk about. Let's be honest. Uh, For those unfamiliar uh, with this website, uh, Thrillist, Thrillist Thrillist.com is, uh, I think, a a pretty great website for having fun arguments and uh, and wasting a little bit of time in a fun way. They do they do listicles, they do lists better than almost anybody else. Like lists that are they they seem to have put some thought into. Um, here's another thing that they do that I noticed when I was on their site today. And I think this is helpful for anyone um, anyone. (laughs) Move on. (laughs) Anyone who is a Netflix subscriber and uh, finds that it is increasingly difficult to figure out what to watch because they 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 are and Carl Quintanilla talked about this recently when he was on Motley Fool Money they've got a little bit of a curation challenge on their hands yeah. so one of the things that Thrillist does every month is they one of their lists is here are 100 new movies to Netflix and yeah. th- these are the 100 best ones yeah uh, which is three a day which is aggressive but, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I went through the list not going to make it through all of them that's right <laughs> uh, but Godfather one and Godfather two. Fantastic. New to Netflix, and not three, not not three. A Inter- little, little bit of a slap at three. A little. I'm, it, I, it's been slapped a lot. I mean, I get it. I have a I have a soft spot for that movie, but but I, I get I get the criticism. Yeah. Uh, so the list that you sent me, uh, far less relevant than uh, than movies on Netflix, <laughs> an article entitled "We Ate and Ranked All Twenty Six Pringles Flavors." Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and I I just want to say in terms of market foolery history, Pringles and Tang, like Pringles flavors and Tang flavors, those precede what we've talked about in the last year or two with Oreos, Oreos, yeah. and, no. and and that sort of thing. Uh, and you've always been very kind in your travels over the years when you when you come across an international airport, yeah. you yeah. see you see some unusual Pringles. You're always nice about bringing them to me. Um, but my reaction to this list, I think you and I had the same reaction, which was they were very Clear to say up front, hey, all of these flavors are available in the United States of America, all 26. And I went through the list, and on at least a third of them, I thought, I've never seen that never. before. And yeah. by the way, I look. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's kind of my thing. I've, I've, I've totally missed the, you know, the, the loud, the Pringles loud, which I guess are sort of super. They they doubled up on the flavors. Yeah, and a thicker chip. They also the thing that I didn't love was that they added the corn chips. Yeah, I don't like that at all. No, no. Pringles are a thing. Were you a little surprised that the original flavored Pringles was not number one on the list? No, actually, actually, I kind of saw that coming. And the way they do it is that they're counting down. There were some that were somewhat lower than I would have thought, like the jalapeno ones. I think are a lot better than yeah, absolute dead last. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was uh, it, it was it was not the best. I mean, it was not the ranked the highest. It, it got the silver medal. Yeah, and number one. Uh, spoiler alert: uh, cheddar cheese. Cheddar cheese. You know what they also have, and I don't know if you've seen this, but over the holiday. By the way, we're, if people haven't already figured out, we're totally done with the investing talk. So <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We have we have provided all of the value we are going to provide today. Yeah, it's just nonsense. They have over over the holidays. They have salted caramel flavored Pringles. If you take the cheddar Pringle and the salted caramel Pringle and eat them simultaneously, that is glorious. That's a mashup. That's a mashup. That I is like glorious. That. Here's one other thing in the list, and uh, and we'll tweet this out on the on the Market Foolery feed. Uh, 
that I found odd because to me, look, if you're eating Pringles, and I do. Mm-hmm. Health is the last thing on your mind. <laughs> that's right. We're not looking for health. I am, I am shocked. Uh, that's not why I'm eating these, so I can be healthy. That's why I found it curious that ranked much higher than I would have expected was several different versions of lightly salted. Yeah. That's why I'm there for the salt, people. Yeah. And, and some of the ones that were ranked lower were ones that they thought were too salty. I mean, I again, you just can't go wrong with the original. We're all yes. for the experimentation, and it's not its not like they're going crazy. Right. We're not purists. We're not purists, we're not and, purists. We're, and we're not saying that the Pringles people are, have gone insane with power like the like the Mondelez goons uh, oh. running the Oreo division. With the, the, are, with the Oreo-flavored Oreos, which is essentially what cookies yeah. and cream Oreos are. Yeah. 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 Okay. They're drunk with power over there. But uh, again, <laughs> if you're a Mondelez shareholder, don't blame me if, yeah. if their costs are too high. Uh, Bill Mann, thanks so much for being so here. So great to see you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Taylor Harris helping us out behind the glass this week. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.